Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Can I read for you today just a scripture, and I'm, I'm going to expedite this message because I feel like God wants to do something. I don't want to take too much time, and I'm trying not to take this out of God's hands. I want God to be in control of what's happening here in this moment. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 9 says, Exodus 33 verse 9, it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, bring up this people, and thou shalt not let me know whom thou shalt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If your presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated and I and thy people from all people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. I want to go back to just a moment. Just a moment. In verse 15, where he said, if your presence doesn't go, I don't want to go. Don't take me where your presence isn't with me. He said, that's how they're going to know that we're your people. Because you go with us. My, my, my. This morning, if you'll let me, just for a few moments, I want to preach it to you on this subject. Go with me. Would you close your eyes and would you lift your hands and your voice and would you just shout unto the Lord, go with me. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Go with me. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Go with me, Lord. Go with me. Would you lift your voice now? Put your hands together. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. And you may be seated for just a few moments. Uh, Moses has already seen God do great and mighty works. I want to inform you today that in Exodus chapter 33, Moses is already a believer. 
Moses has already been privy to God's unparalleled power. He has watched God burn a bush and not burn it. He has watched God cause rods to become staffs, hands to become withered, water to become blood. He has watched God make frogs come out of the water by the millions. He has watched God turn dust into lice. He literally watched God cause hail to fall out of the sky. And he watched God turn the sky black with locusts. He has seen God's hand and he has seen God's power. He, ha- he knows all full well that God is powerful. He knows 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is a powerful God. Not only did he see all of those things happen, but he was there when the death angel passed over and the firstborn of all of Egypt died. Man and beast, every son died, every cow died, every giraffe died, every lion died, every mosquito died. Everything that was firstborn died on that night when the death angel passed over. Moses witnessed God's power. But if that wasn't enough to also be ready and vigilant of God's power and authority, Moses watched God in just a few moments as the wind blew from the east all night long He watched God roll back an entire sea, not just a little river, but a giant sea, the Red Sea, a great body of water. He watched God's power as he rolled back that water and the children of Israel walked across on dry land. Not only did he watch all of that happen and was privy to it and rejoiced in it, but he also watched God as God reached down, the Bible said that God reached down and caused the wheels of the Egyptian chariots to be stuck so that they would have problems with the wheels. And the Egyptians said to themselves, let's leave these people alone because their God fights for them. Oh, what an unbelievable example of God's power. Watching God perform all of these miracles must have been unimaginable. I've seen God work, but I'll be the first one to lift my hands and say, I don't know if I've ever seen God work like that. I've seen God do some tremendous and mighty things, but I don't know if I could really honestly tell you that I've seen God turn the sky black with locusts. And I, I can't really tell you that I've watched God turn rods into snakes and water into blood. I don't know if I've really seen all that just yet. I pray that I would one day, but I'm not sure if I've seen God's full power on display like Moses was able to watch from an unbelievable location as he watched God perform powerfully and unbelievably and mightily and majestically. I can't even imagine what Moses must have thought about God in that moment. Oh, how powerful he is. Oh, how amazing he is. No doubt Moses understood that God's power was with him. 
No doubt Moses understood that if I call upon the name of the Lord, he will answer. No doubt Moses understood that God loved him and wanted to bring his people out. Moses not only sees all of this, if that wasn't enough, but in our reading today, Moses has just talked with God face to face. As a man would talk with his friend. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine that God came down, sit down in front of Moses and just talk to him as if I was talking to you or you were talking to me? And God is giving Moses instructions. And Moses says unto God, God, we're not going one step further. <clears throat> I've seen your power. And I've seen your mighty works. Your unbelievable hand that can do things that only the mind can form in its thought process. I have seen it all. But I want to know. Here's what I want to know, Lord. I want to know, is your presence going with us? I, I've seen your work and I've, I've seen your hand and I, I know your power on a first name basis. I know that you are so mighty that you can open up the earth and swallow people whole. I've seen it happen with my own eyes. However, I want to know, are you going with us? <laughs> I wonder how God felt in this moment. When I put it into perspective like I just did, it changes the text into context. And now we can see it for really what it is. Moses is asking God, are you going to go with us? I know you've given us uh, a plan into going into, the, into Canaan land, but I want to know, are you going with us? And I, I wonder how God felt in that moment when he realized, have I not already done enough for you? Haven't I already convinced you that I love you? Haven't I already convinced you that I care? Moses, haven't I already convinced you that there's nothing too hard for me? Haven't I already convinced you that I would move heaven and earth literally to make sure that you are free and on your way. But God did not answer Moses in that way. Maybe I would have and maybe you would have and said, what do you mean am I going with you? Haven't I already been with you? Look at everything that I've done. But God does not answer Moses in that way. But God says, Moses, I'm going with you. Not only does he say, I'm going with you. He said, but you have found grace in my sight and I know you. By name. Oh, hallelujah. In other words, Moses, I'm so glad that you asked. I'm so glad that you're not only interested in my power. I'm glad that you're not only interested in what I can do for you. I'm glad you're not only interested in the blood and the locusts and the lice and the hail. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm glad you're not only interested in the cloud by day and the fire by night, but I'm so glad that you want me to come along with you. I'm so glad that you want me to be along in the process. I'm so glad that you don't just call me when you need me to roll back the waters. 
but you want me to be with you every step of the way. I came today to preach to somebody in this house, and I'm almost finished, I promise you. But I want to preach to somebody in this house that God did not come and die for your sins and make his presence available for you at all times of the day and night for you to only come into this building and say, God, show me your power. Show me your glory. Show me what you can do. But God said, I'm waiting for somebody that'll say, Lord, I'm going home now, but I don't want to go home if you don't go with me. God, I'm going to work now, but I don't want to go to work if you don't go with me. God, I'm going into my room now, but I don't want to go if you don't go with me. God, I'm walking into a new relationship but I'm not going into this renewed relationship if you don't go with me. God, I'm walking into a new job, a new succession plan. But I'm not going if you don't go with me. God, I know your power. I know what you can do. I know you can move the mountains. I know you can turn the water to blood. But Lord, if you don't go, I don't want to go. I know there's milk and I know there's honey. I know there's provision. I know all of that is there, but I still don't want to go if you can't go with me. Oh, hallelujah. I come today to preach to somebody that God wants to be more than your Sunday morning fix. Oh, who wants to preach with the pastor today? God wants to be more than your weekend hookup. He ain't here for that. He said, I want to go with you on Monday. I want to go with you on Tuesday. I want to go with you on Wednesday. On Thursday, I want to go with you. You're about to walk into a surgery. God, I'm not going in here if you don't go with me. I'm about to walk into a business deal. God, I'm not going in here if you don't go with me. Who am I preaching to today? God said, I want to be more than just the call you make when you need locusts and when you need lice and when you need hell and when you need deliverance. But when you're walking into the most beautiful thing in your life, stop at the door and say, Lord, I see what you got for us, but I don't want to go if you don't go with me. Go with me. Go with me. Somebody shout, go with me. God, when I leave this house today, go with me. When I wake up in the morning, go with me. Woo, I'm about to change somebody's whole life today. Your whole life's about to change because now you're going to get it. You're going to see it now. And every time you walk into something new, you're going to stop and say, wait a minute. God, go with me because if you ain't going, I ain't going. If you're not in it, I don't want to be in it either. If you're not here, I don't want to be here either. Come on, Moses, there's milk and there's honey and there's land. There's fields you didn't plant. There's houses you didn't build. There's stuff in there that you can't even imagine. I know, but I don't want to go if you don't go with me. I know it's beautiful. I know it's nice, but I don't want to go if you don't want If you're not going, I'm not going either. Ooh. Hallelujah. God, I don't want your presence to be in a place. Oh, hallelujah. We're so confused. We think God's presence is a place. We think God's presence is a location. We think that God's presence is a, is a six-digit grid. We think that God's presence has something to do with this building. That God's presence has something to do. 
No, no, no. God said, if you will call upon my name, I'm as close as the mention of my name. I will walk with you through the fire. I will walk with you through the flood. I will walk with you through the pain. I will walk with you through the darkness. But I'll also walk with you through the light. And I'll walk with you through the good times. And I'll walk with you through... If you ain't going, I don't want to go. Oh, go with me. Go with me. Go with me. Go with me. Here's a new thing. God, go with me. Here's a new opportunity. God, go with me. Here's a new level. God, go with me. And when you realize if God can't go with you, shablam. If God can't go with you, you better not go. <laughs> If God can't go with you, you better not go. God, I'm about to make God said, I'm not going, I'm not going in there. Well, I'm not going in there either. Oh, come on, you ought to come with us. It'll be cool. It'll be fun. I know it is. But God, God's not in there, and I'm not in there either. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all, but I'm gonna stay right here because God, God ain't going, I ain't going. Somebody got to get a made-up mind that if God doesn't go with you, you're not going to go. If God doesn't go with me, I'm not going to go. Oh. Jesus. Jesus. His presence is powerful. In Jonah chapter 1, we see, in Jonah 1 verse 1, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up and to flee unto Tarshish. Watch, what's, what's in verse two, in verse three here. But Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The Lord said, you can go to Tarshish. I ain't going with you. You see it? In verse three, he fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. How can you get away from an omnipresent God? Ah. He's omnipresent, right? I mean, he's everywhere all the time. You can't be somewhere he ain't. But the Bible is clear twice out of the mouth of two or three, let a thing be established. So we have two witnesses here. Two witnesses in Jonah chapter one. Two witnesses that Jonah fled from the presence of God. How can you flee from something that's everywhere? Because God's will and God's presence are directly correlated. And God's will was for Nineveh. But Jonah's will was for Tarsus. And God said, Jonah, you can go, but I'm not going with you. You can go to Joppa. I'm not going with you to Joppa. You can go to Tarsus. I'm not going with you to Tarsus. And the Lord met him on the ocean in a storm. There's some folks in this room, you're in the middle of a storm right now and you need to check your navigation system and make sure there's two types of storms in the Bible. One storm is to teach us. It taught the disciples that what manner of man is this, that his voice would calm the sea. It taught them. 
it matured them. They understood in the storm, they were able to get revelation of who Jesus was in the storm. And sometimes God brings a storm to bring you revelation of who he is, right? But sometimes God sends a storm because you're going the wrong way. There's a revelatory storm and there's a directional storm. And God sent a directional storm into Jonah's life because he was messing up. He was leaving God's presence. There are some places that God will not go. And if God has given you a word to do something, if God has given you a word to go somewhere, if God has given you a word to be something, if God has given you a word for some action, or God has given you a ministry, God has given you a calling, God still expects you to fulfill that calling because the callings of God are without repentance and you cannot escape. You will either be swallowed up by the sea or swallowed up by a fish but you will be swallowed up. Ah, Here's what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 29. He said, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring, not the things that are. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. If you want God to go with you, you have to give him all the credit. Let me say that one more time. If you want God to go with you, you have to give him all the credit. God said, I'll go with you, but I'm not going to share this with you. Oh, hallelujah. I'll go with you, but I'll get the glory. That's why when they got to Canaan land and the 10 spies came back, here's what the spies said. We are not able. The word we was never in this conversation. Go back and see what God said. God said, I will drive out the, Am the Amalekite. I will drive out the Hittite. I will drive out the Parasite. I will drive out the enemy. I will send hornets before you. I will go before you. I will fight your battle. They came back and said, we can't do it. Of course you can't. You weren't supposed to ever do it anyway. The word we was never in the contract. The 10 came back. They said we because God ain't going to share his glory. But Joshua and Caleb, God bless them, were wrong too. Because Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able. The ten said, we can't. Joshua and Caleb said, we can. And they was both wrong. Because why wouldn't God let Joshua and Caleb influence the people? Is because Joshua and Caleb had the wrong words in their mouth too. We can do this. No, we can't. We weren't ever supposed to do this. No flesh 
will glory in my presence. If they would have remembered what God said a few chapters ago, then they would have said, hey, listen, we definitely can't do this. But thanks be unto God that he's with us and we know that he'll fight the battle. So let's pack up and let's go. Oh, hallelujah. When you know that God is with you, you don't have to depend on you so much. I'm going to say it one more time. When you know that God is with you, you don't have to depend on you so much. And you know, Lord, I know you're going to fight my battles. I know you're going to make a way where there's no way. That's why some of us are so depressed and so messed up right now because we keep thinking that we can do it and we can't do nothing. But God is able. To do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or even think. Somebody shouted, go with me. Shout it again, go with me. Shout it one more time, go with me. Coming to a close. He told us in Psalms 100, he said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gate with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. It's a good verse. It's a great verse. This verse gives us some direction. It tells us a couple things here. It tells us that when we come before him, that we must come before him with singing. That's why we sing in church. We didn't make that up. Well, y'all apostolics really like to sing. No, biblical people like to sing. It ain't got nothing to do with being apostolic. Well, I know y'all Pentecostal church. Stop. Ain't got nothing to do with being Pentecostal. It's biblical. Every Baptist should do it too. Every Methodist should do it too. Every Catholic should do it too. Everybody who reads the Bible should sing. It's biblical that when we come, we come singing. It's biblical that when we come, we come with thanksgiving and praise. We, there's a biblical... Biblical deals. But, 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 but can I teach five minutes here? Can I teach? David wrote this when God's presence was in a box. In a box, in a room, behind the curtain. <laughs> are, you, are you feeling me? When David wrote this, he was writing because God's presence was in a location. He was telling us, listen, he was telling the people. This was a song. It was a psalm. It was an instructional song. Many of the uh, Jewish and Hebrew songs were instructional. It was, a, it was a way to learn through singing. Just like you did when you learned A, B, C, D. Great way to learn. They used it. So do we. And it was an instructional psalm of approach. Come before his presence with singing. Enter into his court, his court with thanksgiving and praise. This is an instructional moment that when we come before him that we will sing. But David wrote this for people who were coming before him. David wrote this for people who would on 
the day of tabernacle would come. It would come, and this is how they were supposed to come. When you come on this day, on your specific day, coming to your specific place, in a specific time, you come singing, and you come praising, and you come rejoicing. This is how you do, and we do those things here at church as a type and shadow. This is just, what we're doing here today is type and shadow. Biblical type and shadow of how we approach God. But God ain't in that room no more. So can I read it, 2021? I'm not trying to add or take away. I'm just being, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm using my brain, using my dome cap. You know, God gave me a good brain. I'm trying to use it. I'm just saying that when David wrote this, there was a place. And we came to that place. But when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. And God's presence no longer lived in a room that could only be that could only be addressed by a certain person in a certain place living a certain lifestyle at a certain time and he had to be right or he died God said no now my presence will be available for all mankind I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere this, this room no longer holds my presence he said in First Corinthians but I will live in them and I will walk in them. So, Psalms 100 has to change. Psalms 100 is a good verse and chapter for them. But how does that apply to me? Because my God is not behind a veil, in a box. <laughs> but my God is in this room right now. He's in my heart. He inhabits the praises of his people, Israel. God's power and glory and God's presence is no longer trapped by a location, but it is around all of us. So we should serve the Lord with gladness and we should wake up every day singing. And we should know that the Lord, he made us. And we should enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise this is his temple. I am his temple. Read it in the book of Hebrews. For he has now entered the tabernacle, not made with hands. <laughs> I am his tabernacle. When you see me, you see his tabernacle. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? If you sing me, you sing the Father. <laughs> I am the image of God. I am I am the veil. I am the room. I am the holy place. Me, he has entered into me. When I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I became the tabernacle, not made with hands. I am his dwelling place. So I should sing continually. I should thank him continually. I should praise him continually. I should glorify him continually. In my good times, I should lift him up. In my bad times, I should praise him. When I wake up in the morning, a praise should be on my lips. When I go to bed at night, a praise should be on my lips. My God is worthy of my praise and his presence goes with me. Would you stand with me? Uh, 
His presence goes with me. When I ask God to go with me into something, I'm not, I'm not necessarily hoping that he goes because God's always with me. You know, God's always with you. Like God is always with you, always. He said, I'm as close as the mention of my name. I know the very number of hair on your head. God is always with you. It's not so much about God as it is me. Me being aware. Somebody say awareness is power. Say it again. Awareness is power. When you know that he's with you. And when you wake up every morning saying, God, go with me. And when you are aware that he's with you. When you're standing in that checkout counter. You can't help but say, hey, God loves you. I pray you have a blessed day. You can't help it when you're aware. Just because I do those things don't make me special. It just means I'm aware. You got the same God walking with you. I don't have a special God. You hear me? Just because I'm a pastor don't mean I got special authority and that God's walking with me in a different way than he's walking with you. That's hogwash. That's foolishness. I don't care if you got a, a PhD, you got more degrees than a thermometer. I don't care. The same God walking with you, the same God walking with me. That's right. I'm just aware of it. I'm just aware of it. I woke up and I asked them, go with me. Go with me today. Help me. Help me in this meeting I'm about to go into. God, I'm about to talk to these people. God, help me. Go with me. <clears throat> Give me authority. Give me guidance. Give me truth. And when you're aware that his presence is with you, you act different. When you're aware that his presence is with you, you feel different. When you're aware that Jesus is always beside you, you can't help but love people who other people look away from. You can't help but reach out to people who nobody reaches to. When Jesus is with you, you can't help but say, hey, I'm sorry. You can't help but forgive people. You can't help but love when you're aware that he's with you. Some of you have been walking alone for weeks, and you're tired, and you're weary, and you're struggling, and your mind is weak. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. For weeks, some of you have been walking alone. Hear this preacher today. You don't have to. You, you don't have to do that. You can totally just say, God, I thank you for being with me. He, he's there. You say, well, well, Pastor Chavis, but I've made some mistakes. So? You think your little sin is going to run God off? You think God... You think God is a little baby like we are? That he runs away from struggle and strife and, and pain? He, God ain't weak like that. There ain't nothing that you did this week that caused God to say, ah, I'm not with them anymore. He ain't like us. He ain't like you. You say, well, you know, I'm not really all there yet. Well, that's okay. He's all there. You said, well, Pastor Chavis, I would, but I don't really have it all together right now. No, 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 you don't have to. He's all together. He's good. He's all together for both of you. 
will say, well, I'm not really being good right now. That's fine. His goodness, his goodness is good for the two of you. You're good. Well, I've made mistakes. Man, so what? Stand in line. Get a number. Don't, don't feel special. Everybody does. But, but you're telling me that God is with me? Always. He said he'd never leave you, never forsake you. Never seen the righteous forsaken, never seen his seed begging bread. All he wants to do today is say, hey, would you just be aware that I'm here? Would you ask me? Hey, Lord, go with me. Because if you're not going, I don't want to go. God, if you're not going to wake up with me tomorrow, I don't want to wake up. Come on, there's some people in this room, you need that. You need to pray tonight before you lay your head down to rest. Say, Lord, if you're not going to go with me into sleep, I don't want to go. But go with me and give me sweet. The Bible says he gives his saints sweet sleep. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. When you wake up in the morning and you got a tough Monday, just wake up and say, Lord, go with me. Go walk, walk with me into this day. Go with me, Lord. Walk with me just today. If you'll walk with me today, God, I'll ask you again tomorrow. And he will. His presence will be profound. It'll be tangible. You have moments where you say, ooh, I felt it'll be God just nudging you along. You'll turn on the radio and hear words and say, oh, man, I needed to hear that because God is nudging you along. He's pushing you. He's been waiting for the opportunity to show himself strong. He's been waiting for you to turn the lights on and say, oh, there you are, Lord. Yes, I've been here the whole time. I've been waiting on you. I've been putting nickels in the parking meter waiting on you to show up. I never left you. I never forsook you. I've always been by your side. Would you lift your hands? right? I feel the Holy Ghost. Would you lift your hands right now? Go with us, oh God. Go with us. If you're not going, we don't want to go. Come on, there's some folks already coming to the altar, but this altar is open. This altar is open for some people that want to say, Lord, I, go with me. Go with me, God. Walk with me into this thing. I'm struggling, Lord. I'm struggling. But I know. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.